This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. The Specialty Produce app is an educational, expository, live encyclopedia of fresh foods that you can hold in the palm of your hand. Did you know that you can substitute butter with avocado in some baked recipes? Put on your chef's hat and let the application section sprout ideas for culinary quests. Still craving more? We would never leave you with an empty plate. Within the Specialty Produce app, you will find our ever-growing recipe collection of more than 15,000 recipes, where you can build and save your own cookbook for future kitchen endeavors. Stay hungry, friends. Download today on Apple or Android and get things cooking. Hi there, and welcome to the Living Local with Edible San Diego podcast. My name is Katie Stokes, and as publisher of Edible San Diego, I wanted to welcome you to a new and important conversation. San Diego County really is a global crossroads, and when you think about it, it's true all the way down to even our very own bodies. In this podcast, we're going to take this concept of we are what we eat, and we're going to unpack it together. We're going to look at what local is how it works, why it matters. My goal is to create a conversation which is inclusive, dynamic, and one that enriches our everyday life. So I wanted to welcome you to this new conversation, Living Local with Edible San Diego, and to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Katie Stokes, publisher of Edible San Diego, and today I am so excited to welcome Brad Weber into this episode of the podcast. Brad is with Local Umbrella Media, and we're going to have a fun conversation today about local, about media, about food, and, and living in San Diego County. So, Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You bet. So I thought we'd start with a little bit about your background. I, I heard something remotely related to a farm, perhaps. So tell us about where you hail from. That's and- right. I, I grew up in Colorado. Colorado. And I like to say not the part of Colorado most people think of when they think of Colorado. I grew up on the Eastern Plains, seven miles from Kansas. And I grew up on a farm. On a We, we raised wheat and um, many, many, many animals. We grew our own vegetables and not fruit so much, but vegetables uh, all the time. And we had our own animals, so we butchered our own chickens and beef and pigs. And wow. gosh, we had just about everything. We had a menagerie of, of uh, wow. live pets and uh, domestic of, animals. All kinds yeah. of critters. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very, incredible. very small town, uh, 800 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I came from really, you know, the the, the 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 source, the food source for me when I was a kid until I was went to college was, mm-hmm. it was local. Wow. I had no choice. Right. That's how it used to be. Uh, how, how long had your family been in Colorado? Uh, back many generations? Yeah, or? three generations from Nebraska and then Colorado. My dad grew up in very, very close to where we, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And his father grew up in the same place through the Dust Bowl. And, you know, so I, wow. I'm not sure exactly the date, but... Pre nineteen hundred, and so yeah. wheat wheat farming means rain fed wheat. It does. We uh-huh. were dry land, what they call dry land farms. There's yep. lots of irrigation around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people drew, grew corn and things because uh, you needed 
the um, it's funny with climate change we get more rain out there now than we used to really um, yeah so they're growing dryland corn now part of it is I'm sure the bad part is fertilizers and things like that but they are able mm-hmm. to grow dryland corn when we were on a farm it was all you know plant the wheat and pray. Right. Yeah. Wow. So we had lots of uh, good years and lots of uh, drought years. And uh-huh. like I said, we had, uh, it wasn't the Dust Bowl officially then, but we had a lot of Dust Bowl-like weather in that country. It was... Sure. I moved to San Diego from one of the worst climates in the world to, to the best climate in the world. So wow. it's, it's a nice change for me. Well, and living off the land is a whole a whole different ball game, isn't yeah. it, you know, uh, compared to living in the city. But before we move on to talk about all of the other things we want to touch on... Do you have any memories that you could share with us about about the kinds of foods that you ate living on a farm like that and um, dishes that you, that your mom or grandmother or other people in your community prepared that, that might be of interest to our listeners? I'm, I'm picturing it in my mind, and I'd love to know more about that. Well, we had all kinds of vegetables. I mean, you know, we had the basics like corn and potatoes and peas and beans, and mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think. We have lots of rhubarb and things I don't eat so much anymore, but uh-huh. I, I kind of remember those. Uh, Meat-wise, the, the bad part is we grew, we had sheep. We raised sheep, mm-hmm. and we weren't that well off, so money was tight, so mm-hmm. we ate most of our own stuff. So I, we had lamb burgers two, three days a week. I, mm-hmm. I never, I, it's not my favorite anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've had enough <laughs> lamb for the rest of my life. But, right, right. But, uh, you know, everything in the garden, you can imagine, mm. grew, grew. So we just, uh, every meal was fresh grown uh, uh, vegetables. It, grown and at home and grown made at home. Grown at home, yep, yep. Wow. Eggs, everything we ate was Homegrown, wow. yeah. That's really that's really neat. My my mom's side of the family, the the going back a couple of generations from that, uh, her family uh, was in Iowa and in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a a couple of generations back and beyond. But they were also you know Midwest and and the Great Lakes region and mm-hmm. and uh, grew all kinds like what you're talking about, kind of a diversified family farm, yeah. uh, tree crops though for the folks up in Michigan. So uh, we a lot of us, uh, maybe all of us, even just a few generations back, uh, our families lived off the land. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that far back. And, um, of course, with Edible San Diego, we, we think about where our food comes from every day. And, and I always find it intriguing to know people's backgrounds and memories and, you know— uh, you know the traditions that we try to carry forward or, or not carry forward. You yeah, know, because I of feel our... blessed to have, have 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 lived through that or grew up that way because yeah. a lot of people have never even had that, experienced it, or fresh, even know it's available. Fresh air and sunshine yes, and yes. and chores and all those kinds yeah. of things. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to go back, except for the climate. Yeah, right. And so, speaking of that, so so, what do you like best about living in San Diego? And how long have you been here? I've been here. I moved in 85. I mm-hmm. went to school in Colorado and got out of college and started a, a, a publishing business then. And we ex- I had partners that were from San Diego. So we moved out here in 85. It was going to be a short stay just to get things rolling and, and move back home. But uh, like lots of folks, it's hard to – once you've been here for a while, it's hard to move away. Right. So what do I like about San Diego? Obviously, the weather's perfect and uh, yeah. you get used to that. And, uh, you know, it's not um, – it's still – Kind of got a small town feel. It certainly did when I moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bigger city now, but it's still got that uh, you know sort of midwestern mm-hmm. feel yeah. to it. Yeah, and publishing. So books or magazines or what kind of publishing? Uh, magazines is where I started. We started it in the coupon magazine business. There's mm-hmm. ones like Get One Free around San Diego. We did. We mm-hmm. kind of uh, built that 
formula back then and then uh you know different things happened partnerships dissolved and and i got into printing magazines uh, across the country for lots of other publishers and uh that's how i got in so i was doing that for years i've been in direct mail and printing for a long time and publishing and then uh about four years ago i i bought a business took over a business that went out of went under Mm -hmm. in normal heights where i lived and um I wanted to advertise it, and I was looking around because we had a very small footprint mm-hmm. uh, where we drew from, and there wasn't anything available. So I found North Park News, which has been around for about 25 years, and uh, called the publisher, and he basically said, you call me a couple weeks too late. I just printed my last issue. I can't, I can't do this anymore. You can't make money in print. Print is dead. All the things you've heard of. and. Right. Uh, but he, after he heard of my background, we had lunch, and mm-hmm. um, I walked out with a newspaper along with a business. So wow. I, now I could promote my own business, but and we kind of made it. We changed the model to make it very, very, very hyper-local. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's affordable for a local advertising business. And also, uh, one of our sayings or mottos is the smaller, you know, smaller your focus, the more people care. So uh, these beautiful communities around San Diego, where we started, like Kensington and Normal Heights and North Park, uh, people that live there, you know, they really identify with their small community. They're obviously Americans. They're obviously San Diegans, Californians. Mm -hmm. But if you live in Kensington, you know, you might have a T-shirt or you might have a bumper sticker or a sticker on your car that says, I love Kensington. Right. So they really identify with that. So that's kind of what we focus in on is is make the, the papers about them uh, the smaller you can get, you know, local news, that type of thing. So right. that kind of sets us apart. Was this story that you're telling us about about this individual, was that the origin of, of local umbrella media? It was, yeah. We just okay. thought of a new name because we wanted to expand North Park News was just North Park. And mm-hmm. as we started to... Um, reach into other markets in other communities in San Diego. We just wanted a an umbrella name, something that covered the whole area. Yeah. <laughs> and our whole our whole um idea of umbrella was to do not only print and, and direct mail, but social media and some other, you know, all kinds of uh, marketing for small businesses. It might be it might be websites or we do printing and signs and graphics and we can do, you know, guerrilla marketing. We can do just about everything. But the the newspapers are the are the base to everything? That's where everything starts. Mm-hmm. And you're in you're in 34 neighborhoods around San Diego County, right? We are. County, we will right? be in January. Yeah, in exactly, January. Yeah. And I won't ask you to rattle those off. That's a lot. But uh, you know, with our mission with Edible San Diego, we have a, a countywide mm-hmm. you know mission and and uh, and regional identity. And and with 34 communities that you cover with local umbrella media, you, you do you have a pretty thorough coverage of of all of the different parts of San Diego County? Not all. We're, we, we're missing a lot of it, but we're growing pretty mm-hmm. fast. We, we add about one a month or one every other month. So um, we're reaching about, I'm just guessing, but probably 20, 20%, 25% of the areas that we want to reach mm-hmm. in San Diego County. Okay. So you do, you do aspire to, to ex- extend the number of, of community communities that you can cover with, with these local the Yeah, we local aspire to and we plan to. That's awesome. Yeah, continue to do that. That's great because you know there are so many, so many uh, fascinating little corners of San Diego County. I, I'm relatively new here. I've, I've lived in San, San Diego County for just about 20 years, and uh, I, I often find new little corners that that are just really fun to explore. And as an example, I think you recently moved to a new part of San Diego County. 
I did. I moved to East County. Mm-hmm. I moved to the the Mount Helix area. Okay. And uh, I had heard of Mount Helix before I moved out there, but I and I'd been there a couple of times. But um, my wife wanted to have have more room, and uh, mm-hmm. she she has a horse out in East County, so nice. She wanted to be closer to that, and uh, so she talked me into moving out there. I love my neighborhood in Normal Heights, and I kind of reluctantly moved, but I'm very happy out there. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful part of, of yeah. the country and of the county, and uh, a lot of people still haven't even been out there. Yeah, the I landscape's mean, very original with the, these mountains and um, a, a topography that makes the times I've been there. I, I, you know, you kind of feel like, gosh, wh- where am I? It doesn't seem like San Diego County, and yet you're not that far away from, you know, downtown or you yeah, know, most the of the people that come to visit us are a little, a little uh, surprised by the landscape. It's mm-hmm. like they're looking for beaches, and we're close to those, but we have. Pretty steep mountains. I mean, last a couple of weeks ago, we saw the snow on the mount, on Mount Laguna from our house. Oh, wasn't that beautiful? And it was beautiful, and uh, but it's just it's just really gorgeous out there. The, the country is really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brad, you know, in today's world, I, I I think every day and every week about about how to connect with people, you know, through Edible San Diego. And I wondered if you could share with us a little bit about how you think uh, your kind of of publication. Um, contributes to to folks' lives uh, in San Diego County b- with its hyper-local focus. So I know there's a real philosophy under the kinds of coverage that you focus on. So tell us just a little bit more about that. Well, I think just celebrating celebrating the smallness of our communities and mm-hmm. uh, meeting your neighbors and uh, things sometimes people aren't reminded that what life when I grew up, that's what life was. You know, you knew everybody. Right. You waved to everybody. You talked to everybody. Yeah. And uh, in our busy world, when we're driving to and from work, we kind of forget that. So the more that we can add a little bit of, hey, this is our little neighborhood. Let's, uh, you know, let's be proud to live here. Let's take care of each other. Let's uh, put some effort into whatever it might be, cleaning up the streets or supporting a local business or growing local, you know, growing local food or supporting other businesses that um, – make things or grow things or do things yeah. uh, on a community level. That's what it's all about. I love and it. It's such a it's such a positive, uh, you know, constructive, connected philosophy. I, you know, when I pick up your publications out and about it, they they really do give a community feel, which I think in today's busy lifestyle where we're all bombarded with lots of different kinds of forms of media and 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 different messages that it's it's really special and maybe increasingly rare to to you know take time to really slow down a little bit and connect with that that area around where we live look for what's going on in terms of community events and like what you're describing you know what what makes our particular neighborhood unique right oh yeah and people really like getting it. i mean there's not i'm not a journalist i'm i'm not i'm a printer and direct mail person so i'm growing into the journalism thing but we don't want to do too much investigative journalism there's mm-hmm. lots of people that do that out there so we pretty much just want to say you know hey aren't we lucky to live here let's take care of each other let's support the local businesses down the street what are the kids doing in school uh what's at the library is there a parade coming you know what kind of local events right. are happening and it's very simple i mean it's just I love uh, that. it's not complicated but it's like you said slow simple but that's a little more emotional than being on your phone scrolling through everything right. there's just so much to consume these days mm-hmm. sometimes it's nice to slow down yeah yeah and print is not dead. You know, I, I, I've i heard that phrase more times than I care to count. And, you know, I always listen when, when folks are sharing because it's it's partly about 
maybe their you know their personal experience, the way that they are choosing to spend time, or or uh, commentary on what what's maybe you know uh, getting a lot of attention these days, which is screen time and mm-hmm. and all of that. But certainly in the edible communities across North America, we we celebrate the printed medium because. It like what we're saying here, you know, it enables us to slow down a little bit and hold something tangible in our hands and mm-hmm. and have that that different experience that the printed page gives us. And no um, right, so it's I see it as uh, that idea of a diversity of of platforms. You know, most of us are on social media for part of the day, but I know that there are um, uh, you know several publications that I make time for in my life to to mm-hmm. look at and that I go to for certain kinds of information or experiences and. You know, I, I really want to encourage our, our readers to learn about your publications in 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 the the thirty four and counting um, neighborhoods mm-hmm. around around San Diego County. But speaking of that, Brad, how can people find a copy of of your newspapers? Well, most uh, the vast majority of our papers are mailed. Okay. So if you live in one of the neighborhoods, um, you will get it in the mailbox. Okay. Now, like I said, we're only hitting about 20, 25% of the homes in San Diego County right now, uh, and that's a guess. But So there's a lot of people that don't get it, and I'm sorry about that, but we will get to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do we do leave a few in local businesses and things like that, mm-hmm. And uh, but we are – I'm a big believer in, in the – the direct mail aspect uh, for lots of reasons. There's lots of publications that are that are dropped off, and a lot of them are very well done. Um, but some, especially weekly or biweekly publications, you might not yeah. get it over to pick it up. And by the time you pick it up, the events are over. Right. Um, at least with our publication, you know it's going to be there pretty much the day. Everybody mm-hmm. gets it the same day. So if you're having an event, if you're an advertiser, if you're looking for an event the next week, everyone's going to see your your, right. your ad or your event or your notice or your story. Um, so that's a big part of it. Plus, it just we make sure everyone gets one. Right. And we only pick, we like to say we pick people, we pick communities where people love where they live. They're proud of it mm-hmm. and they take care of it. And that means there's a, an upper demographic normally there. So it's, uh, you know, people that our advertisers can afford to afford to spend money to reach. Mm-hmm. And um, we can kind of craft our areas uh, who who receives it in that way. Right. Yeah. And and it's a weekly uh it's a, a monthly. Weekly, monthly. No, monthly. Okay. Yes, yes. Let me make sure I get that straight. Okay. Yeah, so so if if people are currently not finding uh a, a copy of, of of these publications, can they can they find you online or on social media and, and put in a request for their community they to get can. covered? They can they can email us and we have a website, it's localumbrella.com. Okay. And there are a, there's a drop down list, choose your neighborhood. You can go into the neighborhoods and read a digital edition online. Mm-hmm. So they can read it online that way or they can email us and, and subscribe. Um, okay. But mo- ma- mainly it's going to be when we get to your community, you're going to find it in your mailbox. Okay. If yeah. people subscribe up for it with email, what what are they signing up for? Do you have general information that's available countywide or, or is it by neighborhood? It's by neighborhood. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, there's inform- general information in the publications, but the, mm-hmm. the communities we target are, are by na- neighborhood by neighborhood. So okay. mainly it's going to be um read it online until we get to your mailbox. Okay. But it'll be soon. Okay, that's yeah. that's really exciting. Well, it's it's been fun to, you know, to get to know you a little bit over these last few years. It it seems amazing, but I've been with Edible now for 3 years. I know. And uh time flies, it really you know. Does. But uh it, it's uh it's a uh, 
an experience I've had many times when I'm out and about different parts of the county, and I I, I do see your publication at different restaurants and and venues around, um, and it's always very refreshing, uh, kind of positive, warm experience to you know to you know look through the pages oh, and see what's there, and um, you know I think it's important in today's world to find every opportunity that we can to slow down even just a little bit, just for a little while. To counteract all the all the stress and, and busyness of the rest of our days and yeah. nights, you know, there's lots and, of studies out there about uh, print media versus electronic and how people that do uh, are exposed to it consume the information and then remember the information a lot more than they do online. Just because when I'm on my phone, it better be pretty interesting. If it's not pretty interesting, I'm going to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And someone's texting me and someone's emailing me and I'm calling someone. Right. When you sit with a printed publication. It just the, the barrier is not that that high. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay with it. You're going to keep it. You're going to read it and take longer with it. And I'm not just saying that. There's plenty of studies yeah. out there that print isn't dead. We like to say print is a new media, and yeah. print is dead really in news. I mean, your mm-hmm. daily news. I've heard it. You know, I've heard yeah. the the impeachment stuff. I heard by three o'clock yesterday. Right. Um, but the community news, what's happening with the kids in school, or right. the t- things I mentioned earlier, I probably may never hear that. So that's where what we do comes into play. Yeah. It's, you know, as I see it, and, and the reason I wanted to invite you on the podcast was to to showcase how what you all are doing provides, a, uh, it addresses a, a need, really, I think, uh, in terms of the, the lifestyle of people around San Diego County for this kind of very current, positive, locally based information that they're maybe not going to get anywhere else in one in one bite, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you could so. maybe find, you know, the information if you if you had a lot of time to spend scouring different websites and and different kinds of publications. But your newspapers literally put in one place the, the kind of everything you need to know for your yeah. local neighborhood for that month, and that I think that's a real contribution. Yeah, and as we grow, we're adding more and more. We've we've expanded our page count thirty three percent the last um, four issues, mm-hmm. and we exp- we. Expect to expand more. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're growing, getting more content in each paper. And, uh, you know, we're growing our staff and our team. And as we grow, we can do more things. So it's a, it's a shoestring uh, operation, mm-hmm. a bootstrapped operation. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's things we're not doing that we wish we were doing and we're planning on doing. But we're, we're growing and we're moving in that direction. And we yeah. really like the model. We've got such great feedback from, from people for, for showing up, mm-hmm. you know, for being there. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of work, but it's worthwhile work, right? And I think and, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think people, our communities need this uh, mm-hmm. back to back to, you know, whether it's the food going to the source, but sometimes the information going to the source, and uh, simplifying and slowing down. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, thinking about those those uh, people and those uh, resources and opportunities that are physically close to where we live, so that. We can make time for them in our life and and develop relationships, you know, with these these people and these businesses that 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 uh, you know kind of deepen our our experience. Yeah, you know? it's all about connection mm-hmm. and connect. And, and your world or our world is connecting with with the the source of the food, and ours is just connecting with the the source of humanity with each other. Right. You know, meeting these people because there's. There's some interesting things happening right down the street, but we'd never know about it. That's sometimes. so. That's so true. And um, yeah, I, I you know I, I I've really loved getting to know more about your business because uh, it's it, as I say, it's complementary to uh, a lot of the other 
media companies that are out there in our region here in mm-hmm. San Diego County, and you guys have a, a unique unique philosophy and flavor to the content. And I, I think that folks would really enjoy seeing it if they haven't already. So oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really great. So I really appreciate your time today, Brad. It's well, been, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know, there's, there's um, you know, th- this kind of work is really worthwhile because we're, we're, we're kind of never done, you know, it's, it's always a, a flow of new, new information to share and, mm-hmm. and trying to connect with new people. So we'll just, we'll just keep at the good work and, you know, we're out there every day trying to do more and more and, yeah. and enjoying almost every minute of it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hard work, but as I say, it's, it's worthwhile. So, we'll, right, we'll just, right. we'll just keep at it. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Brad. And uh, I want to switch gears for just a moment and wrap up today's podcast with a, a gardening or cooking tip, as I, as I like to do. And, uh, you know, as, as we uh, broadcast today, uh, it's still the, the tail end of winter in Southern California, um, we've got nights that are still cool and the days are still relatively short. I know I've mentioned in, in recent winter episodes of this podcast about wintry things to cook at home like soup stock or, or baked squash. And at this time of the year, uh, leafy greens are still growing strong and there is plenty of time to get some growing. Um, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but there's um, this is a time of year when you can get some seedlings from your local nursery or farmer's market or neighbor and plant them in a pot or a raised bed or in the ground if you have access to some some land, you know. And uh, as, I, as I've mentioned before in other, in other episodes, I, I find that among the leafy greens that chard and beets and kale are, are my absolute heroes because they're tough, <laughs> because they live for a long time. And it just makes it so that it's easier to, to, uh, to make green juice, to make salads, smoothies, sautés, and, and, and roasted dishes since we're, we're still in winter. And so for today's cooking tip, I wanted to share with you all something that I call my, my one-two-plus scramble. And the name is because it, the scramble has two things in it, um, and it, it's really easy. It's it's quick, um, it's seasonal, which means maximizing the nutrients that our bodies need, and uh, best of all, it, it tastes great for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So here's the concept. Um, when I used to eat more omnivorously, I, I would include a third element in these scrambles, uh, a starch like a, a whole grain like a rice or a quinoa or maybe some organic potatoes or sweet potatoes, and, and you certainly can do that. So what you'd be making is, is what we can call a one-two-three scramble. But for, uh, for myself, nowadays, I, I minimize carbs, and so the elements in, in, of a scramble in my house include two things, a veggie and a protein. So once again, to customize, if you want to avoid or minimize meat with this dish, you can select a plant protein like lentils or beans or tofu, okay? But really, a scramble really couldn't be much easier unless someone else cooked it for you, which, as I say, is, is you know, <laughs> it's really sweet and sometimes tastes best. But, but if we're going to make this scramble for ourselves, the first thing you do is you pick your veggie. Um, first, you want to do what we call shopping your fridge. And that means just simply looking in your refrigerator to see what's there. Doing this reduces food waste and it stretches our food dollar. It also makes us more conscious of what we buy in the first place since we're trying to go ahead and use everything that we've, we've got there in our fridge. 
So um, if you don't have something in your fridge, you might also choose whatever you just harvested from those pots on your balcony or your raised bed, your community garden, or perhaps you went shopping at a farmer's market or belong to a CSA. In any case, take the vegetable that you're going to cook and you want to chop it up. Um, as an example, with leafy greens, I like to take the stems off and save them uh, in my freezer to make soup later, but you can chop them up too if you like. So that's the first part of the scramble. Second part is you take your proteins. I would grab an egg or two per person, or if I'm going to use meat, I make sure that if that it's organic and either grass-fed or pasture-raised. And, I mean, this is really so simple, folks, really. All you do is if you're going to use uh, if you're going to use meat, you want to make sure that you cook that first and cook it till it's done. And the second part of this one-two scramble is that you're going to add your vegetables that you've chopped, and you basically cook the meat till it's done. Add your chopped veggies and any other seasonings that you like. That's the plus part of the one-two plus scramble. And before you know it, you've got a delicious breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I wanted to mention that if you're going to be using uh, plant-forward elements for your proteins like beans or legumes, that you you want to either have cooked those ahead of time or you can also use uh, pre-prepared uh, uh, beans or tofu, for example, that you might buy and, um, and, and that works just great too. It's whatever, whatever works for you that day. So anyway, um, that's the, the cooking tip for the day. It's my one-two plus scramble. I hope you give it a try. You know, try cooking local and in season and uh, post a, a photo about it uh, on social media and tag us so we can keep up with your culinary adventures. So so anyway, I wanted to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast for Edible San Diego and to invite all of you listeners to check out the content that we share on our website, ediblesandiego.com, on all the social media channels. We have a monthly newsletter. Our magazine is going to be quarterly next year, and we will be offering a variety of seasonal events in 2020. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. 